This episode of the podcast is brought to you by the Calculine. The Calculine is a free tool you can get by simply going to calculine.com. That's C-A-L-C-U-L-I-E-N.com, calculine.com. And it's a free tool that allows you to easily calculate the 45 and 90 day deadlines for notice to owners, liens, and bond claims. No more counting on your fingers to figure out when your notice to owner deadline is or when your lien deadline is. Just go to calculine.com, put in your information, and we'll send one to you for free in the mail. You'll get it in a few days. Construction contracts are complicated. So today we're going to break down a specific contract provision. I'll give you some examples and some suggestions on how to deal with it. Make sure to check out our completely new and free service called contractdetective.com. You can scan and upload your contract and it will send you an email with some of the contract provisions that it finds and some links to videos on how to deal with those provisions. I hope you like the service and I hope you enjoy the show. All right, everybody, let's get started. Again, as I said, my name is Alex Barthet. I'm a board certified construction attorney. Delays. So let's talk about delays on a project. Um, they come in many different forms. Uh, so here is a contract provision uh, that is, uh, that covers delays. If owner determines that the progress of the work has been delayed or the schedule is in jeopardy, of not being met for any reason whatsoever, owner shall have the right to require a contractor at contractor's sole cost and expense to take whatever steps are necessary to remedy such situation, including without limitation, requiring contractor to accelerate the progress of the work by increasing the workforce or hours of work. Contractor shall, within three business days thereafter, fully implement the recovery schedule to bring the progress of the work back to the approved progress schedule in no later than 30 days. Quite frankly, it's a not such a bad provision, right? It says if, if you're late, um, you're going to put together a recovery schedule to get back on the schedule. Now, one of the things that's important to remember is that most contracts have a substantial completion date and a final completion date. Most contracts do not have interim contractual milestones, meaning contractually you're obligated to finish the first floor deck uh, on this date and the second floor on this date and the third floor on this date. Um, most of them have a schedule attached, but say you have to be done in 12 months. So what does that mean? If you're executing the work, barring some other contract provision, that means that you just have to get it done by the end of the, the project. And you're not technically late unless you get to that point and you haven't delivered. Um, I'm on a, I'm assisting a contractor who's doing uh, an $80 million project on the West Coast and it's not going well. We have a contract completion date. Um, and one of the arguments we're making to the owner is saying, you can't, you can't say we're late because the contract says we don't have to be done for months. So you may not see how we're gonna do it, but until we're late, until we don't deliver the product on time, 
um, we're not technically late. Um, that's getting us a little, little bit of traction in our negotiations. The contract, of course, um, is a little one-sided in favor of the owner. But keep that in mind that those interim dates that may be in your contract can be problematic. So you want to keep an eye on that to see if contractually you're agreeing to any specific milestones, uh, which could create a problem for you. So here's another provision uh, that kind of cuts the other way. In the event subcontractor experiences delays, inefficiencies, out of sequence work, or lack of productivity arising from or related to the actions or inactions of the owner, its agents, other subcontractors, or for reasons attributable to other causes beyond contractor's control, subcontractor's sole remedy shall be to seek an extension of time and contractor shall not be liable to contractor for any money damages. Time extensions will only be granted by contractor to the extent that the owner approves and grants contractor an equivalent time extension. This is known as a no damage for delay clause. It exists almost, uh, it's, it's tremendously prevalent in most GC contracts to subs. It actually exists in a lot of owner contracts to GCs. And what does it say? It says that all you get is time. You don't get more money. Um, you want time, but you also want money if there's a delay, if you're not the cause of the delay. This contract provision uh, in the state of Florida is valid and enforceable. It says if you agree to it, then you're stuck. Your sole remedy is um, time, not money. And it has an additional kicker, which is only to the extent that the owner gives enough time to me, the contractor, to give it to you, the subcontractor. There is one general exception to this rule, and that exception is that if you are suffering a delay caused by the party that's trying to enforce this provision, then that may be a reason to overcome the no damage for delay clause. So let's take an example. I'm the plumber on a construction project. The contractor has this provision in its contract with me. And the reason the job is late is because the contractor has totally mismanaged the job. It has nothing to do with other trades. It's not the owner. It's not the authority having jurisdiction. It is the contractor. And, there, and I'm saying, look, you're causing me all of this delay. And as a result, I should be able to overcome this no damage for delay clause. Um, so that is the primary argument to argue over why a no damage for delay clause is enforceable. Other than that, it will be enforceable. So for example, if I'm the plumber and the electrician is causing the delays that I'm suffering, the contractor will reap the benefit of this provision. They will not you will not be able to ask, successfully ask for more time, uh, sorry, for more money uh, if you have a no damage for delay clause and the contractor is not the reason for the delay. So this next provision is what would be generally called a force majeure provision. It normally doesn't exist in most contracts. Uh, so you wanna try to add it or some variation of it, if you can. Any delays in or failure of performance by any party of its obligations under this agreement shall be excused if such delay or failure are a result of acts of God, fires, floods, strikes, labor disputes, accidents, regulations, or order of civil or military authorities, shortages of labor or materials, or other causes, be, uh, causes similar or dissimilar, which are beyond the control of such party. So this is a classic 
force majeure provision. I'm here to tell you that almost certainly if a party hands you their form of contract, it is not going to say this. It is not going to give you the right to not perform because of things outside of your control. What you want to try to do is include some version of this into your contract. It won't be this probably, but um, I just negotiated a contract for a glazing subcontractor. It was about a million dollar contract and, and the you know, rather sizable national contractor agreed to let us put in a provision that says that to the extent that there were delays not caused by my client, that we could seek a time extension. So again, that's an example of, you know, they'll tell you till they're blue in the face, they're not making any changes, but you know, this is a pretty significant change in favor of our client. So keep that in mind. You want to try to add provisions like that to your contract. But again, thank you very much for coming. I appreciate your time. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by MakeMeConditional.com. You sign lots of releases in order to get paid. And best practices suggest that you make every release conditioned on actually receiving that payment. How do you do that? By making the release conditional. Now, some releases are conditional when they're given to you, but in my experience, most are not. So you can make them conditional by adding conditional language. You can do that by handwriting it in every single time, or you can go to makemeconditional.com and we will provide for you for free a stamp that you can use that will stamp any release with conditional language so that you can simplify the process. So if you want your absolutely free Make Me Conditional stamp, just go to makemeconditional.com, fill in the information, And in a few days, you'll have your free stamp.